Lecture notes. Relativism. 1. The Sophists. Most simply, sophist refers to an ancient teacher who was paid to teach. However, this simple definition doesn't capture the negative connotations of this label. Even today, among philosophers, you might hear someone referred to as a sophist. And this wouldn't just be saying that the person gets paid to teach philosophy. It would be a criticism. So why does this word have negative connotations? Sophist has negative connotations among philosophers because it refers to someone who doesn't really care about the truth. Someone who will happily take money to teach their students to give arguments for whatever is convenient or popular, instead of encouraging them to pursue wisdom for the sake of the truth. Sophist also has connotations of relativism, and certainly the relativism of some sophists was one of the main objections of figures like Plato and Socrates against sophists. And these lecture notes will mostly set aside the sophists and just focus on understanding relativism and then consider some of the major objections to relativism. Before we just turn to discussing plain old relativism, however, let's start with one of the main historical sources of relativism in Western philosophy. One of the reasons Plato and Socrates were so critical of sophists is because of the relativism of figures like the sophist Protagoras. Protagoras was infamous for having said, man is the measure of all things, of existing things that they exist, and of non-existing things that they do not exist. This quote can be confusing at first. You might think Protagoras is talking about the ability to bring things into existence or out of existence. Not quite. He's really talking about truth, and he's saying that truth is determined by human beings. Man is the measure of all things means that human beings are the measure of what's true, i.e. it is up to us what is true. This is, in short, an expression of relativism. 2. Objective truth. Before talking about relativism, however, I actually want to back up a little bit and talk about the opposite of relativism. Objective truth. What does it mean to say that something is objectively true? Objective truth is easiest to understand when it comes to truth about physical objects, because objective truth is true universally, true everywhere, true regardless of what people believe or think. Whether there is an objective truth about morality or religion is highly disputed, but most people think it's very clear that there are objective truths about objects in the physical world. For instance, there are a bunch of pine trees in my backyard. Let's say I tell you that the tallest pine tree in my backyard is 100 feet tall. Is there a fact of the matter about this claim? Can it be proven true or false? Of course! You could come over to my house or send someone else over and they could measure. Let's say we did that and I was wrong. Maybe the tree is only 80 feet tall. Could I then say to you, ah, but you see, truth is up to each of us. For you, the tree is 80 feet tall, but for me, I prefer to believe 100 feet. So for me, 100 feet tall is the truth. No, this would be absurd. <laughs> That's not how truth works. We can't just say and believe whatever we please and then claim that we decide the truth for ourselves. The idea of objective truth becomes messier when it comes to ethics. 
As I said above, pretty much everyone believes that there's an objective truth when it comes to the pine trees in my backyard, but many people think there is no objective truth when it comes to ethics. Still, there are plenty of people who think morality is objective. This view is known as ethical objectivism. Ethical objectivism says that moral truths are objectively true. True universally, true everywhere. True regardless of what you believe or think about them. On the other hand, not everyone thinks that morality is objective in this way. The most common alternative to objectivism is relativism. Unlike objectivism, relativism says that there is no objective truth when it comes to ethics. According to the relativist, ethical claims like stealing is wrong or you should tell the truth are relative, not objective, and their truth is determined by what individuals or cultures believe. Three, two kinds of relativism. There are two basic forms of relativism, cultural, and popular rel cultural or popular relativism. This says that moral truth is determined by cultures or society. Second, subjective or individual relativism. This says that moral truth is determined by individual preference. Cultural relativism is the more common view. All of you recognize that different cultures have somewhat different moral views and standards. When thinking about this disagreement, it's tempting to conclude, well, different things are right for different people. So in culture A, it's right for them to behave one way, but in my culture B, it's right for us to behave a different way. However, there is a slippery, but extremely important distinction lurking in the background here. It's one thing to say that different cultures believe different things about ethics. That is a simple fact cultural disagreement exists. It's another thing to say that different things actually are right in different places. For instance, at various points in history, some cultures have believed that it's morally permissible, okay, for people to enslave other human beings. Contemporary American culture believes that this is not morally permissible. But according to the cultural or popular relativist, it really was right for other cultures, including our own past culture, to enslave humans. What's actually right and wrong is determined by cultural norms. Subjective relativism is a much less common view because it turns out to be very implausible to hold that an individual person decides what's right and wrong for them. Imagine that you're standing in a long line waiting to buy a ticket and someone cuts in front of you. You confront them saying, hey, that's rude and unfair. You can't cut in line. But then the person responds to you, oh, excuse me, you don't understand. I'm an ethical subjectivist. I decide what's right for me and I have decided I don't care about fairness. You clearly care about fairness and that's great for you. But personally, I have decided that I don't care about it. So it's actually not wrong for me to cut you in line. You probably find this example funny or maybe irritating. That reaction is the implausibility of ethical subjectivism. It's just not a very sustainable view in practice. Four, problems with relativism. Going forward, I'm just going to set aside subjective relativism because it's such a rare and implausible view. But there are lots of problems with cultural relativism as well. To briefly summarize a few. Horrendous acts. 
Are horrendous actions and practices, for example, slavery, really right for cultures to believe it to be okay? Surely slavery could never be morally right, and we should say that slavery, we should not say that slavery really is right if your culture believes that it's right. The problem of groups next. Which group determines what's morally right for you? You belong to a lot of different groups cultural, religious, racial, etc. And those groups often have conflicting views on morality. So which group determines what's morally correct for you? Three, the problem of moral heroes. We praise moral visionaries, people who see a problem with their world and fight to fix it, as moral heroes. But moral visionaries go against what their group says to be right. And so according to relativism, they are actually terrible people who refuse to follow the group. In addition to those problems, however, I also want to address what I'll call the paradox of respect. A lot of people are motivated to become relativists because they notice moral disagreement and they want to be respectful or tolerant of those with whom they disagree. However, there is a difference between respecting someone's view and saying that both views are morally correct or true. You can be an ethical objectivist and think that respect is morally valuable and thus be respectful to those with whom you disagree. But there's a difference between saying, I believe that you are wrong and I will treat you with respect versus we are both equally right because each of us determines the truth for ourselves. In fact, relativism actually faces a tension or a paradox when it comes to respect. Although respect motivates a lot of people towards relativism, it turns out that valuing respect is somewhat culturally conditioned. There are and have been cultures that do not value respecting others and those with whom they disagree. But according to relativism, what's right is determined by your culture. So in those cultures, respect is not valuable. Thus there is a paradox. Respect motivates people to be relativists, but then relativism ends up downgrading the value of respect by saying that respect is only valuable if you happen to belong to a culture that values it. Thus, if you think respect is really important, you probably think that respect is objectively important, that everyone ought to be respectful. But this is not a relativist view. This is an objective view of the value of respect.